Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Just Get Started podcast. I'm your host, Brian Andreco, and thanks for listening in on another episode. Or if this is your first time stopping by, I'm grateful to have you. This podcast is all about the getting started moments, the turning points that got each guest started on a new path toward happiness, the ups and downs of the journey, how they were able to commit to a change, and all the lessons learned along the way. I hope you all enjoyed this particular episode, so let's jump right in and get it started. On this week's episode, I had the pleasure of welcoming in Tony Horton to the Just Get Started podcast. Tony is the widely popular creator of the best-selling fitness series P90X, P90X2, P90X3, and 10-Minute Trainer, and most recently, his 22-minute military-inspired workout, 22-Minute Hardcore. Tony is a world-class motivational speaker and the author of top-selling books Bring It, Crush It, and his latest motivational book, The Big Picture, 11 Laws That Will Change Your Life. He has appeared on countless television programs as a fitness and lifestyle expert to promote healthy living through exercise and proper nutrition. In keeping with Tony's passion for a healthy lifestyle, he's teamed up with the beauty experts at Ultimate Salon Professionals to create his new hair and skincare line, TH Care by Tony Horton because he believes what goes on your body is just as important as what goes in it. Tony believes that real and lasting change can happen when we commit to health as a lifestyle, exercise, whole foods, and the right mindset is the formula that leads to a vibrant, productive, and full life for anyone who focuses on being the best they can be. I hope you all enjoy this wide-ranging conversation I had with Tony. So without further ado, please welcome in Tony Horton. Tony, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining today. Hey, Brian. Pleasure to be here, man. Let's help the people. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for this. And I, and I don't want to make you blush too much up front, but I, I have to tell you a quick story before we get into it. You know, when I was in college and even after college, you know, I did weightlifting, heavy lifting, all this stuff, you know, kind of moving the weights around in the gym. And it was really a serendipitous moment um, having coffee with my brother one morning. And he's like, hey, I discovered this, this workout called P90X. You should try it. And sure enough, this was like in 08, I think it was 09, maybe 2010, something like that. Mm, about there. But that changed the course of my fitness. And now, you know, I'm massive into fitness. I do CrossFit. I do a lot of different stuff, very active. But that changed it. So I just want to say thank you um, because it was impactful for me and I know for a lot of other people. So um, You are very welcome. <laughs> you're, you're a wiser man because of it. Um, hey, hey, and this is nothing going to the gym and pumping iron and lifting weights. That's how I started too. you know, I was a member of three different gyms and, and one gym was just world gym. It was where Arnold Schwarzenegger and Lou Ferrigno worked out and I, you know, oh, 45 sets of chest. Okay. Let's just yeah. do that. You know what I mean? And it's great and it gets people moving and they're healthier. Um, but yeah, you know, we've evolved since then, you know, my new program is much more evolved yeah. than even P90X was. And, um, because, you know, I mean, I, I like challenges. I like working on my weaknesses as much or more so than anything. And I don't mind the learning curve. I, I'm, you know, I mean, I used to hate it. If I was terrible at something, I would quit almost immediately. And then I went, oh, I'm, I'm terrible at this. Yoga, I should go more, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and so that's what you learn with P90X. So good for you. Yeah. Well, that, that's maybe a good starting point. You know, we can go in a lot of different wormholes here, and I think we will with some stories, but you talked about weaknesses. I want to go back and, and maybe this may be a, the best moment. You may share another one, but you know, one of the things I always love Steve Jobs used to say is you only can connect the dots looking back. Um, and doing some research, I found that there was a maybe a serendipitous moment for you in college where you took weightlifting 
And I'm not sure if that was the point when fitness really entered your life. Maybe it was a time before, but could you share a little bit about that? And, and was that the jump off or was there another point that, uh, that really fitness became you know, part of your life? Well, you know, it was a class I took at URI and um, I got an A because uh, I enjoyed it and I didn't want, I never missed it. And, and uh, a lot of it had to do with the teacher. And to this day, I don't remember his name, which is really such a bummer. I tried to even look at some of the records and they couldn't find his name in that class, which is too bad. But he had a huge influence on me because he made the process fun. And um, prior to that, you know, it was just it was just murder. It was awful. I mean, I loved playing hoop and I loved to ski and I loved tennis and I played golf. And and, I, you know, I was on the high school football team, more of a tackling dummy, really, than I was an actual player. <laughs> and it was uh, fitness, even though it was something I wanted to do. It was a very frustrating thing because I didn't know how to train for any of it. I didn't know there was there was a process and a journey to go from being terrible at something to being pretty good at it. And, you know, and so I think that happens to a lot of people They you know, they see other people perform on a high level and they just assume that, you know, I mean, Steph Curry, you know, he shoots thousands and thousands and thousands of shots every day. And, and that's the reason why he's better. I mean, he's, you know, obviously he's genetically gifted as well. I mean, his father was a, was a professional athlete and, and he had his brother to kind of play with, you know, too, but still he just, he was in the gym more than everybody else. And that's why he got better. I mean, you know, if you watch the all-star game, it's like half court shots turning around the ball, right. in the net, you know what I mean? Like, Holy cow. But I wasn't that kid. You know what I mean? I didn't have the coaches and the mentors and the teachers. Right. So when I finally went off to URI and I, and I met this guy and, um, and he said, Hey, you got a whole semester to kind of go from point A to point B. We're going to track your progress. You know, you're going to write down what you're going to do. I mean, what you did in P90X. Right. And then we're going to, you know, we're not going to beat ourselves up if we don't like, if we don't like the results happening at the pace that we think they should happen. And so I go, Oh, that's weird. Okay. <laughs> so whatever. At the end of the semester, I was jacked, you know what I mean? Cause I was young and, and, uh, and I was, an, I'm an ectomorph, which means I'm a skinny guy anyway. So my results were pretty, pretty good. And that just did my GPA went up that, that, that semester because, you know, I'm releasing all these brain chemicals that I talk about a lot. Um, and, uh, I was just in a better mood and I had more confidence and I looked better and, you know, like, Whoa, what happened to you, dude? Gee, look at you. I'm like, what? That's weird. You know? And then of course that semester ended and then I, you know, I didn't keep going and I got skinny again and then came out to California and I discovered that there were gyms in every corner here, you know, and uh, which was different than the East coast at that time. I mean, they're on every corner now really all across the country, but back then it was like, you know, it was at the high school or it was at the college, but it wasn't, you know, on a corner across from the grocery store or the, next to the pharmacy. And, and here it was like, there's that gym and this gym and there's aerobics classes and what the heck is that? And of course, California is sunny 362 days out of the year. Yeah. So it's, a, you know, I mean, today it's 55. We're all freezing, you know what I mean? Like, you know, <laughs> but still people are out and about and I just fell in love with the culture. And then I got back into it again. Um, not, not as, uh, not as, uh, intense as I think the course was because I was going to the gym really at that point more for social reasons to kind of meet people and stuff and then finally you know then it just kicked in I read you know, I mean all these books behind me are personal development books so you know I read that you know consistency is kind of an important thing when it comes to your physical mental and emotional quality of life mm -hmm. and so I just sort of applied some of those rules to the fitness end of my life and uh, you know then I met my first celebrity client and Oh, wow, I'm a trainer now. I better get certified. And then the story goes on and on from there. Well, that's what was intriguing. And tell me, is and fact check me on this. Did you want to be a comedian? Is that right? Well, let me check. I, no, yes, I did. Um, I did comedy for two years. I tried. I mean, I would do these stand-up things and I would go to the improv and, 
and uh, and Mitzi Mitzi Gaynor who on the print. You know, you're you're funny, but come back in six months. You need more work. You know, like, I'm not. You don't love me today. I quit. You know, but I did. I did that. I did, and I was part of Second City LA, which there was Second City Chicago, and and uh, I did a fabulous Columbo. I got to tell you, my Columbo was. Uh, <laughs> And uh, yeah, so I just had that affinity for those types of things because I had a speech impediment as a kid. And, and uh, you know, I mean, just communicating with people was hard. So what do I do? I decided to do comedy and acting. You know what I mean? And I think those two, those two, that journey, that part of my journey allowed me to be able to disseminate what I needed to disseminate to people and communicate better and not stutter and stammer anymore. And, and that was my way of, that was my own personal rehab um, to kind of build my confidence in that respect. But yeah, it was fun. And, and uh, you know, what happens when you're in front of a bunch of people on stage and you've got these, you know, these, these jokes that you've written or co-written with other friends and sometimes they hit and sometimes they don't, but boy, it certainly thickens your skin, you know? So now I'm at that point where, you know, I can be in front of 20,000 people and do my thing and not even think twice about it and, or whatever. I mean, the other day I was shooting for my supplement line and there were all these lines and all these, all these, all this blocking. So blocking is when there's a lot of physical activity that has to be done in the midst of doing your lines. And sometimes I'm reading off the teleprompter. Other times I'm having to, you know, look back at this chart and talk about the chart. And, and uh, you know, I'm a little. There's some some trepidation prior, but but uh, but you get through it, and everybody's like, "Holy cow, man, that was hilarious!" And that was, you know, that hopefully, you know, they'll edit that thing together, and it'll be something. But it was the stand-up comedy and the in the improv and the scene study classes and all those early years that allowed me just to be comfortable in front of crowds and in front of uh, uh, you know a camera and and allows me to be the guy I am today. Did you find that having that background and again maybe that was just fortunate that you kind of got into all that and it helped you for on the fitness journey? But like when you started to you know train you know celebrities out there, like I'm a I'm assuming I could be totally wrong, but that was intimidating as a young guy, like, you know, getting into that world and doing that. So did that help you having that? I don't want to say rejection, but like you, you get a lot of that. You kind of grow up a lot when you're, you know, you're on stage and you're in front of a lot of people. Did that help you kind of get over the hump early on in the, the your fitness career? Almost certainly. Almost certainly. You know, when my first celebrity client was, was Tom Petty. And, you know, before that, I was training a, my boss. I was, I was a runner or a PA, a production assistant at 20th Century Fox. And, you know, he and I would go into my buddy's garage and work out a little bit. He was my only client because he noticed that, you know, as a young actor, my agent was saying, like, you're kind of pudgy around the stomach and skinny around the arms. You might want to reverse that if you want more work. So, you know, a young actor with an agent, you just did everything they said. And then other people started to notice. And my boss was one of them. So um, I was just training him. And then he introduced me to Tom Petty. And and, and, uh, and I wasn't even certified yet, you know, but I've been going to world gym and these different gyms and, you know, kind of taking notes and, you know, sort of a, sort of the Abraham Lincoln approach to, to learning about it. But, um, and then, you know, I had Tom for four months and I got him in phenomenal shape and he got super ripped and his cardiovascular health improved tremendously because he was a smoker. So I had him hitting a heavy bag and getting on the stationary bike and just running him through basic, you know, push-ups and bench press and squats and lunges and bicep curls and triceps and shoulders, shoulder presses and all of it, you know what I mean? And, and so, uh, I, and as a performer, you know, like I was, you know, at that point I was an unknown comic or an unknown, whatever. And I don't even think Tom knew that I was doing that kind of stuff. He just knew that he could relate to me. And I knew that I could have a conversation with him outside of just being his drill sergeant, you know, and I was a, a normal guy. And I was never the kind of person because I had such a, 
kind of a lame history with fitness, I never thought of myself as some sort of an authority where, you know, I had to behave a certain way. My persona is the, per the person you're talking to now is the same person you see on P90X is the same person I am with Tom Petty. You know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not putting on some act, you know, and, and we just got along. I mean, that was the reason why he kept showing up and he'd like me coming to his house because, you know, even though he was working hard, he, he didn't feel berated. He didn't feel like I was, you know, down his throat with this stuff. And, uh, and then, you know, then it became, then it was Billy Idol was next. And then it was Annie Lennox and then it was, you know, Sean Connery and Shirley MacLaine and Stephen Stills and, and Lindsay Buckingham and Stevie Nicks couldn't do much for her and um, couldn't do much for Stephen Stills either. But, you know, you try um, Bryce Dallas Howard, Allison Janney, uh, Octavia Spencer. And there's a lot of people that, you know, uh, Joey Fatone. I mean, I trained, golly, so many different people, man. I even forget sometimes. I, I, I forgot that I, I trained Marlene Matlin. I completely forgot that I what? It was a, one of the nicest people in the world. And, you know, training Bruce Springsteen was was intimidating. I mean, I, even after I've been training Tom and Billy and all these folks, you know, and, hey, Tony, I'm, we got chest and back today. It's my Bruce, you know. <laughs> and I trained his wife for a couple of years on and off. I mean, they don't live in L.A. They live in Jersey. But when they hear, they're here, they would call me up and say, hey, we, we'd like to go through the paces. And so, um, you know, all that, all that acting and comedy and improv and then training celebrities. I mean, this, these were the, these were the, these were the rungs and the ladder to get to the point where I can, you know, do what I do now. I mean, I'm on tonal right now and, and, um, you know, not to pat myself on the back to tell you how awesome I am, but I, I mean, I have the number one program on the platform and I have for a while. Um, and there are other great trainers on the platform. I've just been doing it forever, man. So to me, it's just, you know, it's like breathing or eating breakfast. It's not that complicated. Well, I think it's, you know, part of it too. And I'll, I'll take a, a side street for a minute just to, to kind of share, like, again, just being someone that obviously went through P90X, P90X3. I loved hardcore. I'll tell you what, you don't think you can get a workout in 22 minutes. My goodness. That'll beat you up pretty good. Um, recommend that. Yeah, that's a little buzzsaw. Up there. Oh, do that ab workout in hardcore. Oh my God. Um, but, <laughs> but what I'm saying is it's, it's one thing when you're working out and I, and I hear this with folks that do different workout programs and stuff, but like, it's one thing if it's like, you're just going through the motions, but when you have someone like yourself, that's engaging, you can make some jokes. It kind of brings you like a little lighter in the room. Like you don't feel like, okay, I'm in this hard workout. So I'm, I'm not surprised that you have the number one work out there just because of that, um, just because of personality and obviously how you can relate to people. Um, and, and so that's where I wanted to kind of go, because one of the things, again, with the whole just get started, you know, mission and, and you know, folks that are trying to go over the hump and do something maybe greater in their life and, and make a change. When did you decide to go or, or again, maybe it was something that randomly happened, go from, hey, I'm just going to train folks to now there's this opportunity, there's some new medium here to get out and, and go into the, obviously the, the whole DVD space and the, and the videos and all that. How did that transition happen for you? Do you mind sharing that a little bit? Well, the whole thing was a fluke. You know what I mean? I should be living in a van down by the river. Uh, really, if you look at look who I was and now, you know, where I am. But, um, you know, I mean, initially I came to town, to LA to be an actor. You know, I thought I was some kind of version of, of Jim Carrey and Brad Pitt all wrapped in one. Hilarious, yet dramatic. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, coming into this town and doing, I mean, I, I, 
there are a lot of people who are successful. I mean, I have friends, young friends now that are pursuing their acting career and it's such a grind, man. And there's so much competition and, and so much of it is luck and you can do everything right. And, 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 you know, barely, you know, get a couple commercials or something. It's, it's just this never ending thing. And I didn't have much of a work ethic to kind of pursue it. I mean, I did. I mean, I was always in class. I was either in an improv class or I was in a cold reading class or a scene study class or I was doing stand up or I was, you know, working at this, you know, the second city L.A. was only a year because it disbanded. Unfortunately, I enjoyed it. But, you know, I mean, and that all my friends were actors. You know, there was something about the culture and about those kinds of folks. And that's what I came out, out here to do. You know what I mean? And so, I mean, I was a plumber and a carpenter and a handyman. And I would I was a statue because I was a trained pantomime when I went to, to URI. One of the classes that I took was, a, was a, I took mime 101, 102201. I mean, I was a because I had that speech thing still. Right. So I thought oh, I want to perform. So let me learn how to, you know, get to walk the window, the walking in the, you know, the, the glass box, the walking in the wind, the climbing of the ropes, all that kind of stuff. And so part of how I made a living when I was out here was I'd go to UCLA, you know, Westwood near UCLA, and I'd put the hat down and try to make a few bucks. And I'd go down to the Santa Monica or Venice Pier, and I'd put the hat down so I could, you know, make $25 so I could live on Cheerios and yogurt for three days, you know, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It was just, you know, it was, but I was in my 20s, and I didn't care, and everything was fancy free, you know, and, and I just wanted to, you know, survive because I loved the culture. I fell in love with this place immediately, you know. And fitness was just like, uh, well, I don't know. You know, I mean, I would play tennis or hoop or whatever. And then I, you know, I fell, I just kind of fell into the fitness, the, the gym scene because my agent said, Hey, look, you gotta, you gotta get stronger or look better. Okay. And so I joined uh, the sports connection on ocean, on ocean park Avenue on, in, in Santa Monica. It was like $99 a year, unlimited access, you know, and, and then I would go to these aerobics classes and I'd look in the window and I go, there's no dudes in there. I can, yeah, of course. I go, why aren't there guys in there? Cause I don't know, they're upstairs lifting weights. I go, but all the women are in there. Let's go in there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so by the way, I never, I never met anybody. I just, you know what I mean? Like, hi Sally, what's going on? They wouldn't even look at me, you know, I mean? like to focus on their, on their fitness. Um, so I had to go to bars, I guess, to do, to meet people. But um, you know, it was a mishmash of all kinds of different things but there was never, it was never, you know, the first gig I ever got when it came to fitness was working for Nordic track and they were out of Minneapolis. And so uh, a friend of mine worked for Nordic track and said, Hey, they're looking for a guy who can walk and chew gum at the same time. And I was, and I was pretty jacked, but I was also good at reading a teleprompter and, you know, and, and improving and whatnot. And so I was up there about six or seven times doing various things for them. A lot of them were sort of their instructional videos on on their Nordic track. Hi, everybody. Tony Horton here. I see you've got your, you know, your Nordic track, and it's going to take us about six hours to put this son of a bitch together, but here we go. You know what I mean? It was like, I'm kidding, of course. But it was like that, those kind of videos, plus whatever new products they had that came out. So I was getting my chops there in front of the camera, but it was just a gig. It was just another gig. It just happened to be a fitness gig as opposed to one for like low and brow beer or another one for some, some other little thing or, or some little teeny tiny part in a movie or whatever I got. And then, you know, then you know, I just happened to, I was reading one of my personal development books and, and it said, you know, there was a, a I wish I remember, I, I was going to say it might be the magic lamp by, by Keith Ellis, but I'm not sure if that's it, but which is a great book for people who want to figure out their, the raison d'etre, as the French would say, the reason for being. Um, and there was a lesson at the end of every chapter. One of them was go out of your way, do something really extraordinary for somebody that you're in conflict with, a family member or, or somebody who just, you know, you hate them and they hate you, but maybe you shouldn't and you should do something nice and don't expect anything in return. 
okay, you know. So there was this lawyer that I used to play hoop with, with a bunch of other lawyers. I was the only non-lawyer and he was kind of a bonehead and he didn't like me. And, and he, after one of the games, we happened to be on the same team that day. Long story short, we won the game. He was complaining about his weight and I was kind of overhearing the conversation. I thought, why do you want to do something nice? All right, so I walked over, his name was Ben. And, hey, Ben, I heard you talking and I can help you with that. Assuming he would just go, no, I don't even like you. <laughs> and he went, oh yeah, that sounds good. Don't you train like Tom Petty and Billy Idol? I was like, wow, you even know that? And the following Monday, he came to the house. A year later, he introduced me to Carl Deichler and Carl Deichler is the CEO of Beachbody. And Carl and I did this thing called Great Body Guaranteed, which was just another job, paid me 2000 bucks. And um, it worked. And then they got investors and I'm still doing carpentry and I'm still doing acting and I'm trying to do some stand-up. And I'm, you know, I was in a play at that time. And, and, uh, and he goes, Hey, that, that great body thing that we did worked. Let's do another one. Oh, cool. He goes, you should get a lawyer and get royalties. Oh, okay, fine. <laughs> so, so we did something called power 90, which was pre P 90 X. And I lived in a two-bedroom apartment with a view of a convalescent home, and I was always in debt. My, I had two cars, which was I thought it was a big deal, but both I had two cars because one was an 84 Land Cruiser that was always broken, and the other one was a 66 Mustang that was always broken. So it was like, which car is it broken today so I can drive to Malibu to train Tom Petty? And, um, and, and you know, I started getting these royalty checks, and it was, it, was like a, it was like the lottery every month. It was like the lottery. And I was 60 grand in debt, so I paid that off like on seven different visas, like boom, 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 boom. And I stashed it away like an adult. And I bought a, I bought a four bedroom home in Santa Monica. I had no furniture for a while. And then we did this thing that we were like, Carl's like, what's the next thing we should do? I go, I don't know, why don't we help folks who are really struggling with weight? He goes, no, let's make Power 90 harder. What? Yeah, man. I go, I'm gonna, he said, I'm gonna give you six months to develop this thing. And so I talked to every expert I knew and we made a little movie about it. And it was called P90X. So I was able to buy furniture for the house and put some money away and buy a better car. And, and, and the beat goes on from there. So it was never something that I had ever planned. I always thought of it as a, you know, as sort of another job. And, uh, and who knew that we, you know, between the ones that were sold and the ones that were pirated, the numbers are on 11 million copies. I mean, I can't go anywhere to this day. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Even with the beard, even with the wrinkles, even with the older that I run into people all the time that said, you know, I mean, I was in Jackson Hole. I have a place there and my wife and I were there and some girl behind the counter was in the military. And I've, I've been to 66 military bases around the world, you know, the Pentagon twice and, you know, the Armed Forces Entertainment has invited me to go all over the world. And this gal happened to be one of those people who was in the army doing P90X and her sister had committed suicide and she was, she was recruiting uh, men and women to go to Afghanistan and Iraq who were not coming back. It was really really hard for her but p90x kept her from going insane and she let me know about it and she with tears in her eyes and that was only like you know four weeks ago and so yeah, yeah it's it's it has you know it's, it, pinch me you know what i mean like wow uh it's it's i can't believe it's happened to me you know so i'm very lucky yeah, yeah it's pretty pretty intense and and you know most folks would just kind of ride that out but one of the things i've appreciated about you is you've continued to reinvent yourself and kind of I'm like Madonna for, man yeah <laughs> there you go um but like you know all, the, all these different things that again over the years you've obviously with tonal and some other stuff you're doing but how have you let's talk if you can about mindset a little bit of maybe having a, a whether it's a positive mindset or maybe you can take a different approach to the, the question but how has that been important to kind of 
keep rejuvenating yourself, getting up every day and keep pushing forward um, and finding kind of new mountains to climb, if you will. Is there anything you'd share kind of on that journey, maybe over the last, I don't know, five to 10 years? Yeah, mindset is a is an interesting topic. It's it's sort of um, you know, it's minus mindset's just another another two words for the for attitude, you know, and how do you establish an attitude that that, that creates productivity and optimism and hope um, in your life, you know, and growth and transformation, right? And so your mindset is 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 the whole thing. And you know, I mean, if you're if you're you know, I mean, my new program, The Power of Four, it's about exercise and, and nutrition and, and supplementation and mindfulness. But there's a fifth subcategory, which is mindset. And, and you know, you can do everything right. And but if you don't have the, if you're not in the right headspace, then, you know, and the nutrition matters and the mindfulness matters and the and the and the exercise will help create a uh, a better, more productive mindset. And so, you know, for me, my mindset came from a lot of these books because my mind was all over the place and I didn't, I, I was, you know, completely uh, out of my mind <laughs> in some respects, you know, when it came to, uh, you know, who I am and what, what I'm supposed to be doing on this earth. And, um, you know, it's just new information. I mean, you know, when you exercise and you're, and you're struggling and you're overweight and you have to, you have no muscle mass or anything and you start exercising, um, you, you, you know, and if you, and you stick with it, and of course there's a certain amount of consistency and intensity and a purpose and, and the right kind of people in your life to help you through that journey, then you're going to establish a new mindset. You're not going to be the person that you were. The way you think, the way you operate, uh, will change purely based on your on your behavior. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, we are physical, mental, emotional, and for a lot of people, very spiritual beings. And so, um, and they're all interconnected one with the other. And so, uh, when you understand that, that oh, okay, if I read this, um, my mindset's going to change. If I do this, my mindset's going to change. If I reach out to somebody who I'm in conflict with and I do something nice, my mindset's going to change. But a lot of times we live in a, we live in our bubbles and we're very myopic about the way we look at the world. And, you know, and that, and that optimism disappears over time. And then we're looking through buttonholes, you know, because, you know, and then you end up with early onset curmudgeon disorder and that becomes chronic curmudgeon disorder. And then it becomes terminal curmudgeon disorder, which are not real disorders, but that's who we are. You know what I mean? And a lot of it has to do with, being open to new things and trying new things and, and meeting new kinds of people and traveling and, you know, and, and just stepping out the front door and, 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 you know, whatever. And, uh, and that keeps you young. You know what I mean? I mean, yoga keeps you young. Meditation keeps you young. And both of those things will change your mindset along in conjunction with how every morsel that you put in your mouth is a chemical that affects the, how your brain is going to function. Um, and how you're going to think and how you're going to feel and the, you know thinking and feeling are you know they're they're in they're one and one and the same um and that that's where mindset comes in i mean i i got sick in 2017 in october 2017 and everything was going just fine but you know within the course of a week my negotiations with beachbody <clears throat> were falling apart which i thought wow okay i'm going to work for this company forever but they don't want to pay me anymore so okay <clears throat> um that's weird, but all right. And so having to, you know, just completely reinvent myself, which has turned out pretty good. And then Tom Petty passes away. And then there's that Vegas shooting the day before that. And I knew people that were there. It's just like, it felt like the world was caving in on me. <clears throat> and I didn't have a good mindfulness practice at that point. And so I just got crazy stressed out. And then I got Ramsey Hunt syndrome, which is shingles in your ear, which is the last place you want shingles because it affects all these nerves inside of your brain that affect your sight and your taste and your smell and your balance. And 
you know, when you can't move and you can't eat and you can't drive and you can't train and all you want to do is sleep and vomit, <clears throat> you know, uh, you start reading, you know, and all the king's horses and all the king's men tried to put me back together again. But, you know, when you got Bell's palsy and half your face is melting off, you know, you just think, wow, what I do to deserve this? And a lot of people, especially with COVID long haulers and folks like that, I mean, I know some of them are just, you know, I have a kid, right? A friend of mine whose son is, you know, he's got his heart rates going through the roof, his lungs, are, something's going on and they, there's nothing they can do for him. So, you know, and, and a lot of the, his good the people in his life are saying, you got to learn how to breathe, man. You got to learn how to be quiet and breathe. Box breathing, five by five by, you know, 5.5 breathing, you know, whatever it is. Um, and at least bring your heart rate down and help you kind of deal with your stuff. And so that's what I, that's what, you know, for me, the, it's a long answer, but for me, mindset is everything, man. And things are going to happen in your life. <laughs> that you just can't control sometimes, you know what I mean? And so um, how do you roll with it? How do you, how do you deal with it? How do you, where do you search for answers? And uh, it's not easy, you know I mean? Being sick well, in, in 2017, it's hard to believe it was that long ago, but I still have, I still have issues. I still have balance issues at times. You know, I can't stand on one foot to save my life. <clears throat> and uh, which is kind of a bummer, but I can throw on a pair of skis and fly down the mountain. You know what I mean? Better than ever. <laughs> so you deal with what you get, you know what I mean? And, and mindset will help you move through the proper mindset, the proper techniques, the proper people, the good mentors that help adjust the way you think you got to search them out. You got to, you know, it's no one's going to tap you on the shoulder and go, Hey, here, here it is. You got to go search it out, whatever works for you, but it'll help you get through the toughest stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I, a huge believer in that. I mean, I, I've, and I'm, I'm curious any routines you've put in. Cause I've known that like I put a bedtime routine in to kind of structure to make sure I get the right sleep. I have this morning routine now to sit in stillness, um, which is, which is something important. So it's kind of like putting these practices and, and you don't do it all at once. It takes time and you slowly adapt and evolve and change and, and figure it out. So is there anything, and maybe you can take in, in 2017, cause my, my big question, and this could be helpful for a lot of folks is how did you, it's one thing to say, I want to change right? You had all this stress, you had all this stuff going on, but how did you commit to the change? What were some of the things that got you over the hump, whether it was certain routines or practices or habits that you put into place to get healthier and get on, you know, kind of the next thing and away from the, um, the, the health issues you were having? Well, a lot of people who get what I had, um, which is, you know, it's called Ramsey Hunt syndrome. And then that usually will lead into something called bilateral vestibular hypofunction, which is a form of vertigo, but it's more like brain Parkinson's, you know, where the brain kind of feels like it's just sort of shaking inside of your head, you know, and um, which is very disconcerting and makes life kind of hard. But I had had such a, I had, I had a background of, of doing the right thing. And, um, and even though that, even though I had lost all that weight and I was, could barely get out of bed or, I, you know, I couldn't even turn my head side to side without throwing up. You know, I'd have to walk around like this. It was really brutal. And so for me, I already had the work ethic in place, right? And, and that's all I knew because all these, all these docs and therapists, I mean, the therapist, the physical therapist helped me, you know, learn how to walk again, really. But, but, um, but I just had to rely on, on what I was already doing. And then I had to double down, you know what I mean? And, and, and continue to, I mean, I read a book called uh, Full Catastrophic Living by John Kabat-Zinn that had a big influence on me. And I, I read that thing and just went, okay. And, 
there's some things I've never done before. And it was so hard because you have to, you have to kind of, it's like prayer, you know what I mean? Like meditation. Okay. I'm going to sit here. I already breathe. Like, wait, come on. Like how, how I got to breathe deeper now. And that's going to do something. Well, that's what exercise is. Exercise is just deeper breathing, right? Which, which, you know, when you look at the science of it, um, just jams more oxygen into the blood cells, which goes everywhere and especially inside of your brain. And when you're pumping a bunch of oxygenated blood into your brain, norepinephrine, dopamine, serotonin, and brain drive, neurotropic factor, you know, these, all these different things start getting released, which is the reason why people take drugs and smoke cigarettes and eat a bunch of sugar and, 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 and get, get high and get drunk is because that, that, that same chemical reaction happens in, almost immediately. But with exercise and meditation, it takes time and effort and, and, and all that. And a lot of people don't have, you know, they don't have the attention span uh, to, to do it the right way. So, you know, short-term pleasures, long-term problems, you know, short-term effort, a life, a life of, of, of joy and happiness and, and fulfillment, right? So I already knew all that. So I just, you know, like I said, I just doubled down and, and uh, it was a long haul. I remember, I remember it was October, November, December. I remember in December, I decided to go skiing. <laughs> which was like, I wasn't even able, I, I was, couldn't, I was just beginning to drive again. I was just beginning to be able to walk in a straight line. So I thought, I'm to go skiing. Of course, I, I ran into a tree. I thought I broke my femur, but, but I just, you know, I just had a contusion the size of a, you know, a basketball that ran all the way down my leg. I shouldn't have been skiing yet. It took me, when it took me 15 minutes to put my ski boots on, I knew that I shouldn't have been out there, but I just, you know, I was stubborn. And that, that's kind of my nature, right? Um, and that's not everybody. And a lot of people get hit with this thing and they're so overwhelmed and so destroyed by it that there's, they're, it's permanent. It becomes a permanent thing. And if you don't really work really hard at the rehab part of it, um, then you, you're going to, you know, you're disabled. Um, and like I said, I'm, I'm still, like standing in one foot is always a mystery for me. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. But, you know, nerves are funny. I mean, these are all, it's all nerve damage. You know, you know how long your arm's going to take to heal when you break it. You know how long a, a cut's going to, take to heal but nerves like you talk to a doctor yeah like you know here are all these very finite things like here's a scale of healing right mm -hmm. bones and skin and tendons and ligaments here's nerves it's you know it's like i don't know maybe maybe it'll heal maybe it won't you know right. depends on the individual it's it's genetic in some respects and so um yeah i mean i still i still do a lot of balance and proprioception exercises i remember you know on p90x2 i don't know if you ever did p90x2 but there's tons and tons of balance and proprioception in that thing. We're doing push-ups on four med balls. I remember when I was starting to go back to the gym again, getting on four med balls was like doing, you know, push-ups in an earthquake. It was mm. just brutal, but then it, it got better and I can do them again, you know? So, um, yeah, I mean, mindset, mindfulness, these are things that were like, huh, you know, before all this happened. Uh, but now they're as critical as, as the nutrition and the supplements and the, and the, and the exercises. Yeah. And one of the, uh, the quotes I love is, you know, action creates mood. It's like, you can't just sit and just think it's going to happen. Actually going out there, even if it is going over a walk around the block, that's going to start getting you energy, start getting you feeling better, which ultimately changes your mood and your mindset. And it all works together. You know, it's a, mm -hmm. amazing. Um, it's, and it's, it's, it's so simple yet <laughs> almost always true for almost everyone, you know? And so yeah. the act of just, you know, open up the door and go for a walk, yeah, you're not going to get jacked from that, but boy, you're going to change change your perspective, and that's that's gold. Well, and that's what I want to maybe you know, kind of nearing the the end here. And I appreciate your time. Well, just a few more questions for you because I really want to chat about. Um, and this is a compliment, by the way. 
you I'll don't look it. you don't no. look like you're in your 60s by any stretch of the imagination. Hold on, let me let me adjust the lighting. Let me go back. <laughs> Hold on, wait. Uh, um now. and there you go. Um, that's but the that's but the reason I bring that up is, you know, and I we all think I'm and I'm an older millennial, you know, I'll be 39 next month. And um, and I look at when when I was younger, when I saw my grandparents, you know, I thought 60 was old. Right. Mm. And, and if you look back at pictures and we, we can all do this, right. Look back pictures like, wow, they were 60. Like you don't look, you look like you're in your thirties. Um, you and, are a good guy. And that's well, not true. I mean, you know, I got, yeah, things. but, but what I'm, the reason I'm getting that is because I, I want to talk about active aging. You take care of yourself, not only fitness, other stuff, and this might go to the power of four stuff, but of the importance of kind of this whole ecosystem. It's not just eating healthy, or it's not just going to lift weights, or it's not just, it's kind of, you know, this evolution of you have to do a lot of different things um, consistently over time. So can you share a little bit what you think of active aging, how, how you're staying young and, and fit and healthy um, in the in your 60s? Well, it goes back to what you just said. I mean, m- movement changes your mood. And, um, and as we get older, we stop moving and we start gaining weight. And then of course, our range of motion goes away. And our flexibility goes away and our strength goes away. And there's all these things that we were given as kids. Some, some had a, had a, you know, were, 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 uh, um, you know, have a, uh, had better opportunities or had, had, uh, uh, had a, you know, what's your dealt of that dealt was the word I was looking for. Just dealt a better hand of cards. Right. And others weren't, but some people earn it, you know, and, and surpass everyone's expectations. I have certainly, uh, surpassed everybody's expectations for me because you know i mean a lot of my friends and 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 family were getting married and having jobs and moving on in life and i was still you know i'm still still doing mine at the pier you know in my in my late 20s and 30s um so i I guess the short answer is is there are certain rules to be able to get to the place that i'm at i don't care if you're 30s 40s 50s or even in 60 years old and anybody can achieve it you just have to make you know but the older you get right old dogs, new tricks. It's harder for some people to, to learn those, those tricks uh, as they get older. So the sooner you do it, the better, but it's not to say it's impossible. A lot of it has to do with your tribe. Who's, who's in your life? You know, who do you, who do you look to? And for me, I mean, I've got five people already signed up. who are going to be at my house here to do plyometrics. Do I want to do plyometrics by myself in the cold outside? No, I'd rather just eat. I'd rather eat grass. Yeah, honestly, you know, but they're going to be here. So we're going to freaking do it. And I know who we are afterward. And so you know, I mean, I, I don't want to, I'm not here to promote the power of four, but I created a program that was different than anything I've ever created in the past because I knew that these elements were critical for people to make dramatic change in their life. Exercise, right? That's the foundation of who we are. If we move, we're just, we're, we're more optimistic. We, 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 our strength improves, our flexibility improves, our balance improves, all these things that we want as, that we want as adults that we had as kids come back because we're doing these things. We're not just doing weightlifting, we're doing body weight, we're doing primal flow, we're doing two, there's, there's two martial arts routines, there's two ab routines. It's not 12 workouts, it's 25. Two of them are, are just pure mindfulness meditation routines where, oh yeah, today is on the schedule, you're gonna come in and you're gonna sit down on a chair and you're gonna shut up and you're gonna breathe. All right, I'm gonna walk you through it. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's all it is, all right? It's like, wow, seven days a week, yeah. Because one day is morning yoga, which is 20 minutes. You could probably do that because you can either do that or drink a bucket of coffee because you think that the coffee is going to get you going. When it's your body moving and the oxygen that you're pumping into your brain through doing 20 minutes of yoga, that's eh, a better option. So, you know, why don't you try that? And so, um, 
And as soon as you understand that, that you got to move or forget it, you're never going to be where I am. It's just not physically, it's not possible. It's just not possible. You can't do it through pills and potions and powders. You know what I mean? And, and purely on mindset, you got to move your body. This, 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 you have two arms and two legs and all these fingers and these toes, they, they're like made to do stuff. You know what I mean? And then your brain works with these things and you're handed tools. Like, I, I mean, Tony, you saved my life. No, I didn't. I handed you the hammer and you built the house. I just handed you the hammer. A lot of people get the hammer and it sits on a shelf in the box for years. And they saw the infomercial and they never, it never, they never went, right? Because that's not going to work. I am who I am. My parents are overweight and so am I. And, you know, change is, I'm not, you know I mean? You have to, you have to have faith. You have to have belief and you have to have trust in the, in the source. And I happen to be a one of many sources. That's it. And then number one, it's, it's food first. It's food. You know, I say that fitness gives you fit. What fitness does, it's allow, allows you to do stuff that you can't do without it. What food and supplementation do is they, that's, that's health and wellness. That's, that's, that's your intestines and your, and your liver and your, all the organs in your stomach and your digestive tract and everything. That's everything on the inside. And we ignore that because we can't see it. But if we flipped it inside out, we'd go, what? There's a lot of inflammation in there and tumors and disease. And yeah, that's because of what you're putting in your gob, you know, mostly. And a lot of that's genetic too, you know, so, and, or environment, you know what I mean? Environment, if you've got a high stress environment or you live next to Fukushima or Chernobyl, I move, you know what I mean? These are bad environments you want to make sure. Or water, you know, water and air, these, that's environment. And then, of course, supplementation. A lot of people are like, ah, supplements are a waste of time. I go, you talk, you find me a, a, a high school, collegiate, um, Olympic, or professional athlete that's not taking some kind of supplement, and I'll, uh, you know, that person's a genetic freak. You know what I mean? So, you know, I mean, what supplements are for is they, it's in the word. It supplements the, the it gives it, it supplements the vitamins and minerals and nutrients that you're not getting in your meals, right? And so, you know, I mean, me, I, Powders, powders in the morning, I mean, protein shakes in the morning, protein shakes late afternoon, and vitamins in the morning, and that's, it's been part of my success, um, and then, of course, there's the mindfulness and mindset um, piece of the puzzle, you know, and a lot of that has to do with the company that you keep, I mean, I, I you know, if you're, if your five best friends were the top five ice climbers in the world, my guess is you'd be interested in that, and you'd be pretty good at it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if you're if you've got a bunch of finger pointers and naysayers and wannabes and and liars and procrastinators and and mean people in your life, that says a lot about you. <laughs> you know what I mean? So if you really want to progress and you really want to be the person you want to be and you want to be happy, I mean, you know, it's in the Constitution. The pursuit of happiness is in the Constitution, for God's sake. So, you know, what I mean, the key here is to really, you know, find the kind of people that you want to be and be with them and look for them for, your, for help. Um, and that's who I have. My wife is that one of those people and, and all the other, other folks in my life are those people. And, and that, that's a huge, that's, you know, the company you keep is, is, is huge. It's way up on the list too. And I know there's not a one size fits all here and, and certainly people can consult their doctor and stuff, but is there supplementation, something that's really intrigued me the last few years? Is there something that or a couple of things that you found through all this discovery over your fitness journey um, that have been, you know, maybe it's a new discovery of, wow, this is really powerful. Anything that you would call out or anything you'd share um, from that end of things? Well, a lot of supplements aren't what they say they are. 
but we don't know that because it tastes really good and it's fairly affordable and you know it's on the shelf so it's you know i mean you have to do your research when i got sick there were there were there were about three or four sources that you know i mean serendipitous kismet i don't know what you want to call it but i just happened to be in the right place at the right time there's this one woman tammy murphy who did blood work for me i mean 134 pages of you know what i can't eat what i can't eat for the for the next three months because I had leaky gut. I didn't know I had leaky gut. Excuse me. And then this gal, Tammy, um, I'm sorry, uh, Heather Fitzgerald, who's kind of a nutritionist endocrinologist. She would, she's like a vampire, man. She'd take so much blood out of me. And we would look at it. And what was like, because most blood panels, you're not getting enough information. Like they don't cover the hormones. They don't cover, you know, a lot, a lot of the things that are sort of important, at least from her perspective. And she helped me a lot as well. And then, you know, uh, I met with this team of of, uh, of young guns, uh, you know, who were who had developed other supplement lines for other people, and they were like, "Hey, you know, tell us a little bit about your illness." And then they consulted also with the with the with the two gals, Tammy and, and Heather, in regards to the leaky gut issue, and they they were determined to come up with something because so many people have it and they don't even know it. And leaky gut can lead, you know, leaky gut leads to inform, information. I used to have a bad shoulder and two bad knees and all kinds of pain in my feet. I don't have it anymore. You know what I mean? And I'm not, I don't need, um, you know, a lot of the, like, you know, injections of, of vin, uh, Synvisc and, and PRP in my knees. I haven't needed it in three years. And I was used to get it about every year. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that there's so much, you know, leaky gut basically is it's the food that you eat that exits out of your intestines before it exits out of the, where it's supposed to exit. Okay. And so that just causes inflammation everywhere, which is, you know, which is, and that blood is going everywhere and it's, you know, it's just really bad for you. So, you know, we came up with this uh, product called foundation four, which is a life changer. I mean, my nephew who's had bloating and gas and major stomach issues, and he's a young kid, he's like 27 years old. And he just, you know, it's just a lot of it had to do with what he was also shouldn't be consuming dairy, but, but foundation four fixed this kid. I mean, honestly, he's like, those problems are gone and they were only getting worse as he got older. So that was key for me, you know, and then of course, when it comes to protein powder, you know, I mean, there's this thing and we talk about it in some of the, some of the ads that I do, this thing called sarcopenia that happens to anybody after their late thirties. It's just age-related muscle loss. You don't see a whole lot of jacked 90 year olds, you know what I mean? But, you know, doing pretty good for 63. Um, and, you know, you can train and train and train and what you're going to end up with is super sore muscles that never heal uh, and torn ligaments and tendons. And, and, uh, and then, so that's what really, prevents older folks like me from continuing to, to lift heavy or, you know, even do basic body weight exercises because they're not recovering fast enough. And then three or four or five days go by and that's just too many days between workouts. And so it becomes very discouraging, discouraging. And they just, you know, they'll go for walks or they'll ride their bike and they won't really, you know, lift. And so we came up with this, they, they came up with that wasn't me, but there's all these studies after studies. I mean, you can Google these studies of HMB with vitamin D3 and HMB is is a uh, it helps the uh, I think it's leucine um, one of the branch chain amino acids do its thing which is help help uh, and, and the vitamin D three that combination it's like who are these people that figure this stuff out it just blows my mind and um, and it takes three thousand milligrams uh, that's what the study showed I tried fifteen hundred eh, some help not enough but then it turns three thousand milligrams of HMB with vitamin D three that help leucine one of the branch chain amino acids do its job 
And, you know, I was the guinea pig. Hey, Tony, here are the studies. I want you to look at them. You know what I mean? We'll sit down and review these things with you. And do you want to try it? We'll, you know, we'll make it in chocolate. Okay. And, uh, and I did, and it's just been fun. It's just been fun to, you know, cause a lot of my, a lot of my peers don't show up to my workouts anymore cause they can't do them. You know what I mean? Everybody, everybody here today is going to be younger than me by 10 years plus, you know? And, uh, and when I was skiing, I mean, look, I work out five minimum seven I mean, I include meditation days. I, I do something every day. You know what I mean? Like, like we go to work all the time. Nobody like skip work and eh, skip breathing and eh, skip food and eh, sk skip sleep. And eh, you can't like, those are all the things that we do. We do all those things to pay our bills and survive. Well, I don't want to, I want to do more than survive. I want to thrive. And so I'm always searching for ways to, you know, cause <laughs> I'm 63, man, I'm going to be 64 in about four months. So I just want to keep doing what's right. Cause I'm enjoying the ride. And so it takes all those things. And for a lot of people that feels uh, overwhelming, but the power for it's all in there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Go to powernationfitness.org and sign up and join the party because there are, there's a gal coming here. Her name is Mary. She's a cancer survivor. And uh, she's close to my age. And she goes, I'm in the best shape of my life. I've never, I don't, I didn't know I could feel like this at my age because she shows up every day. And she, you know, we have the one thing about the program is we have something called stop options, which is you started that you started the workout and then and the big band will come up stop option, which means you can stop now even though you're only 20 minutes in, I mean, the, the workout could be an hour and there's another one at 40 minutes. You can stop there too. Mm -hmm. And then we have powering up and powering down. And uh, Hey, I had a workout yesterday where I felt good. And I was, I was like, Hey man, I want to lift a little heavier. Everything feels great. And then we call that powering up. And then I, I had a workout. It was my last, last week's shoulder routine. Ugh, I was dogging it, man. So I was powering down. And we make that very clear to people. Yeah. Hey, look at, look at, Look at Alice here. She's going crazy. She's out of her mind. She's strong today. Here's Bobby. He's taking it easy. Pick one. You know what I mean? You're, you're here. You're doing it. And a lot of people don't. They just feel like they got to go, you know, guns blazing every time or they're not going to, they're just going to overtrain and get hurt. Right. So, and, and this is 35 years of doing this, man. And, and uh, I hate to see people struggle who don't have to because they don't have the right information. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this has been awesome. I got it. So when I pulled the audience, a lot of my the folks that listen in and, and they're like, you got to ask Tony a couple quick rapid fire Dude, questions. Let's go. So I'm going to, I'm going to ask you just cause I'm curious. Speed um, round. Speed round. What is the catchphrase when people meet you that they say the most um, from one of your videos? Uh, well, do your best and forget the rest. Oh. I that's, thought that was going to be it. That's yeah. number one. The other one is don't smash your face. I think it's, uh, <laughs> that's high on the list. And then occasionally you get somebody who'll do a pterodactyl backing out of trouble. You know what I mean? <laughs> Tony, ah! right? Like they don't even know right. me and they feel like that's cool to do, which is totally, it makes me, I, you know, I fall on the floor laughing. Yeah. yeah, but do your best and forget the rest. I mean, it's trademarked. You can't yeah. even put that on a t-shirt unless you got to pay me for yes, it. Yes, absolutely. Um, that's number one. <laughs> What uh was there a workout that got cut from P90X or one of the other ones like was gonna on the cutting room floor? Um, maybe it was gonna be in there and never made it. In P90X, in P90, well, in P9, in Power 90 and P90X, like you know, before the lawyers got a hold of me. Uh, and by the way, in P90X, those dive bomber push-ups aren't necessarily great for everybody's shoulders. That would be probably one I would have, I would have, I would have pulled out. And then there were these. In, in P90X2, there were these four ball dive bomber pike presses 
that got yanked right out. So if you're like, how come that word seems so much shorter than all the others? And this is after we shot it. And then the lawyers got a hold of oh. us. Someone's going to break their head. They're going to they're going to smash their face. Um, but no, there were never any there were never any routines uh, except for recently in the Power of Four. Now, if you did if you did if you did P90X3, there was something called the challenge. And yeah, the challenge right. is all pull-ups and push-ups, right? Mm -hmm. But you have to predetermine that number of each one and that number of repetitions, regardless of, of what the push-up or pull-up was, had to stay the same from the beginning to the end. Mm -hmm. So if you were going to pick them, the first two, three, four, five, six, seven sets were going to be easier, but the last mm -hmm. ones were going to be harder, and those numbers would all go up. So we have a new one in the power of four called Triple Trouble Challenge, which means you're doing three wow. sets of push-ups, and if you pick the number 25, then you have to do three sets of 25 every time. And then you go right to pull-ups and do three sets of pull-ups. <clears throat> and so Bobby, who's in the original chest and back in P90X, uh, you know, during the pandemic, a lot of people were training on their own and they didn't have that camaraderie or there wasn't that level of pushing. Um, and so Bobby was fit, but he wasn't triple trouble challenge fit. And he thought he was. And uh, I'm probably feels like I'm throwing him under the bus. <laughs> we shot that routine and he's literally like turning white and passing out and, and taking these big breaks. And he's sitting there in a chair. <laughs> We're shooting the thing. He goes, man, this routine is really hard. And I'm like, yeah, dude, just cut. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm calling cut. And then you know, I thought, oh, we're going to have to pace this thing together uh, with big ass breaks. And we just decided to reshoot it. It mm -hmm. just so it's in the archives, and it's, we might do it as a special release, if uh, just to show people what not to do. <laughs> but yeah, what uh, last one here? How many corn cob pull ups can you do if we had to do them today? God, I don't do corn cobs anymore. I do levers, and I do plyometric switch grip, and I do pullovers and muscle ups. Corn cobs. The corn cob gets asked a lot because it's just a unique. <laughs> in a, in and a out, unique I, I could probably I could probably do fifteen of them. I would say these days. Yeah. So this has been an absolute blast. Any lasting words of wisdom, advice, insight for anyone listening in that you'd share before I let you go? Well, you know, there's there's something that if, if you're if you really want to get healthy and fit and strong. Um, there's some basic things that you need to do. And, and these basic things will prevent boredom, injuries, and plateaus. Now, most people who are in a fitness journey suffer from one or all three of those, right? They keep doing the same thing and over and over again, expecting a new result. You know, like Einstein said, not going to work. It's not exactly what he said, but he said, you know, you're not going to get the result that you want because you keep doing the same thing over and over again, expecting something to happen, right? So, so you'll, you'll get bored and you quit. Or, you know, there's a lot of fitness out there and you're a CrossFit guy. A lot of, you got the wrong CrossFit coach or you got the wrong any kind of coach, you know what I mean? And your ego's in the, in the game too much, you're going to get hurt. And so people have gotten hurt doing P90X. I mean, I'm not saying this, you know, because they're, they're trying to do too much too fast. Um, and then the plateau thing is like, you know, you just, uh, you're doing, you're seeing something and then it just stops. It's because it's just Pilates or it's just Peloton or it's just, you know, uh, uh, body weight, you know, and the idea here is to work on your weaknesses. So to avoid those three things, you need a purpose, you need a plan, and you need a, a way to stay accountable. And so, you know, when you're younger, your purpose is typically, you know, I want to be big. I got my nephew. I want to be bigger. Why? Are you on a lacrosse team? Are you playing football? No, I just, well, then how about a personality and a decent income? I mean, if you're trying to attract 
the opposite sex, then being big ain't it, man. You know what I mean? That's just you and your ego. Um, so your purpose has to have, has to really be uh, based in health and wellness and flexibility and balance and speed and some of the things that, that are more athletic in, in nature, right? And then a plan is, you know, what are you going to do and what time are you going to do it? And you got to write that down 30 days in advance till the day you die, until you, till it becomes locked in, you know? And then accountability usually comes from, um, you know, like I said, the company you keep. So if you got the right people in your life and you're all doing this thing together and you know exactly what you're going to do and that's a priority, like, you know what, work is here and dinner is here and that is here, but your workout, like all my workouts seven days a week, nobody schedules anything anywhere near them. That's just because that's who I am and that's how it has to be. And that has to be for the average person. Um, right. And then you're, you know, that combination will prevent the boredom injuries and plateaus and you'll see tremendous success and you'll change your life and you'll transform. And then you'll have that impact on other people, which is really where the, where the rubber hits the road. Like, you know, I mean, personal development is, they call it self-help, but you should stop help selfing self should stop helping yourself and helping others because they're seeing your success and your happiness and your, and your, how, how strong and healthy you are. And that's when you can impact others. Like I have, that's absolute, you know, that's glory. That's fantastic. That's how you should live your life. I think. Those are, those are good words to end on, man. I, I, I know you have a lot of competing priorities, so I certainly appreciate you coming on here, sharing your journey, uh, insights. It's a lot of fun. And, um, uh, and I certainly appreciate it. Brian, you're very welcome. You're very good at what you do, man. I, I do a lot of these. I do a couple a week, you know, sometimes. And sometimes the questions are kind of lame. Not not here. These are, you know, you didn't make it about you, which is cool. Sometimes I'll sit and just listen to podcast person talking about themselves for five minutes. You know what I mean? But yeah, no, I appreciate you having me. And, uh, and, and, you're, and, you know, you're having an impact on others as well. And that's, that's very commendable, man. It's, it's a beautiful thing. Hey everyone, just one more quick thing before you skip along in your day. You know, if you do enjoy this content or other things that I've put out or just enjoy learning more and trying to adapt your thinking uh, to become happier each and every day, there's a couple of things that you may benefit from. Um, if you go to my website, brianondraco.com forward slash subscribe, you can sign up for my newsletter that goes out once a week. And that's really a digest of a lot of information that I gather throughout the weeks, whether it's a new video that I think could be informative or a podcast that's been valuable to me, book that I might read, etc. Um, secondly, I blog three times a week, and these are more micro blogs, one to five minute reads, short digestible blogs that'll send right to your inbox on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning. So check that out on my website, brianondraco.com forward slash subscribe if you think it's something you might enjoy. I hope you all have a great day, a phenomenal week, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care. Take care.